Jesus' name. Amen. You won't be surprised to hear that I'm going to speak about confession and forgiveness. They are actually the two great gifts of the uh, Christian church. Um, There's no other religion that's um, got the capacity or the belief in God and the ability through Jesus Christ to have sins confessed, sins forgiven, and therefore be able to forgive others. And so we have these great gifts that we often don't um, fully understand or operate to the depths they need to be operated at. Um, Confession, we very often just think about sin in a narrow view. We think about sin of when we've done something wrong. And so we think, have I done anything wrong? I need to confess it. But actually, um, when the Spirit's working deep in us, Um, God's wanting us to examine ourselves through the Holy Spirit, not look at ourselves, condemn ourselves and judge ourselves, but through the Holy Spirit to allow him to work in the patterns of our heart. God wants us to become more like the person he's called us to be, more like the person he intends us to be. And very often the patterns in our heart are what we need to bring before God and say sorry for. For instance... um, not being very generous in our attitude towards someone else. We may be um, quite generous in our time or our money, but actually in our hearts we're judgmental. Or maybe we're judgmental towards ourselves. Equally sinful, equally needs to be um, confessed as sin. Whatever we hear ourselves saying that isn't encouraging, that isn't loving isn't God. And we need to say, oh, sorry, Lord, I'm listening to that horrible bit of myself or I'm listening to the enemy. I'm sorry. Help me to see others and myself as you see me. So there's all sorts of patterns of our hearts where we need to confess. We also need to um, confess our failure to become, our failure to engage in all that God wants us to be, our um, failure to believe he has our true happiness at heart. And so often we sort of just close down and um, just see when it comes to the confession of sin, we just say sorry for things we've done rather than ask to be changed from the inside out. And along with confession, we have forgiveness. Now, I'd argue forgiveness is one of the hardest things we have to do. Um, It's about freeing, it's about releasing, it's about giving a gift, a pardon. It means to let off, to cease to hold resentment or anger against someone. It means to um, free yourself as well. We're meant to forgive everything from the small misdemeanor or discourtesy to the most grievous of sins. But it's difficult. It feels wrong. It goes against the grain. And it doesn't automatically put everything right. Long after we've forgiven, we may still have the memory and pain of the injury. It doesn't necessarily mean the forgiveness is inadequate. It probably means we need healing. I believe if we find forgiveness easy, 
we've either loved superficially or we've forgiven superficially. Because it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. The more, but the more we live in the stream of Christ's forgiveness to us, the more we can receive his grace and mercy, the more we have something to give others. This is what was wrong with the um, servant. He went to the king, he received forgiveness, but he wasn't able to live in that place of a forgiven person. So he went straight out and tried to um, hold on to, uh, to what he wanted instead of releasing the other person. And so forgiveness has enormous spiritual benefits. Matthew 18, verse 35. If you give those, forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This incredible correlation. So quite honestly, being we're all selfish, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, my main motivation for forgiving others is so that I know I'm forgiven. Um, we can only do that which we know as, um, Jesus has done for us. And the Holy Spirit helps us and comes and engages us um, in the ability to be able to forgive. Another spiritual benefit of forgiveness is it's a very good weapon against the enemy. Forgiveness protects us from the work of the enemy. St. Paul writes about this in his second letter to the Corinthians. They've had some sort of trouble in the church. Um, a person's been put out of the church. And then Paul writes to them saying, you know, it's been enough punishment. I'm urging you to forgive him. And he says, um, I'm quoting from the message, the fact is I'm joining in with your forgiveness as Christ is with us. After all, we don't want to unwittingly give Satan an opening for yet more mischief. We're not oblivious to his sly ways. And so when we don't forgive each other within the body of Christ, um, and when there's a breakdown, there's a wounding in the body of Christ, it's a graphic picture would be like imagining an injured soldier lying in the desert being attacked by flies. That's the enemy coming, attacking where there's um, forgiveness, then God covers that wounding, starts to bring the healing and the balm so that the enemy can't take advantage of our own forgiveness. There's endless health benefits to forgiveness, which I won't go into this morning, but there's also the setting free of forgiveness. It um, allows us to have a future, and so much of what we were doing last week in the Healing Prayer School was looking at those um, internal conflicts, those internal walls that block us from having um, the future that Christ has um, died to give us. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. He doesn't want us carrying all this stuff with us. Um, when we forgive, you know, someone... Uh, in the past may have stolen our yesterdays. Forgiveness means he cannot have our tomorrows. Philip Yancey um, speaks about this. He's talking about how when we remain um, 
not forgiving someone, we're stuck in the past. We are bound to the people we can't forgive. They hold us. They have power over us. Forgiveness imprisons us in the past, locks out the potential for change. Philip Yancey, when he's explaining this in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, tells this story. It's the story of a rabbi. Having survived the Holocaust, this rabbi decides to emigrate to the United States. And at immigration control, he says to the officer, I had to forgive Hitler. And the guy says, oh, right, really? And he said, yes, I had to forgive Hitler. I did not want him to come to my new country with me. Now, when we don't forgive someone, they come and live in our heads. They are uninvited. They don't pay any rent. And they keep us in that place of going over it. Now, with forgiveness, um, we have to acknowledge we don't usually feel like it. If I waited till I felt like forgiving someone, I would wait forever. But I do it because I do it as an act of my will. And I say to Jesus, I want to stay forgiven with you. I want to stay in that place of forgiveness. So with my will, I choose to forgive. Please come and make it a reality in my heart. Because you'll notice in the reading it says, we need to forgive from the heart. We can't start there. We have to do a process. We begin, we continue, and we come into that place of process. And then we come to a a finally. So we do it with our wills. Someone I had to forgive, I did it every day for a year. Every day for a year until I knew my heart was had a clean love in reaction to them, that there was no barrier between us. And so we sort of go like that. Now, this whole story begins with Peter saying, Lord, how often should I forgive someone? And I was uh, teaching in Egypt, and I was talking on needing to continually to forgive someone. And I was talking about how we sometimes have to keep forgiving the same person for the same thing. That's why it's not easy. Our forgiveness doesn't automatically make them different. And I was talking about this sort of ongoing process, and I had this young man come up to me and to explain to me that in Egypt, this was absolutely impossible. And he said that they had a saying which was, once yes, twice maybe, three times never. And I later discovered that this had very ancient roots and some of the rabbis during Jesus' time would have taught this. So when Peter says, Lord, how often shall we forgive someone who sins against me? Seven, he's thinking, oh, that's amazing. We know threes are nothing. So, you know, seven, I've really raised the ante here. This is amazing. And Jesus goes, no, no, not seven times, 70 times seven, which of course means keep on, keep on, keep on. And um, <coughs> this is a sort of a whole new gifting that we can keep on forgiving, keep on, even when the peop- people doesn't change and when our circumstances don't change, but our hearts will. 
And there's a great discussion on at the moment as to whether uh, forgiveness is the ultimate gift to someone else or whether it's the mo- ultimately the most selfish act you can do because it's so good for you. And uh, I think it's both. I think it's both. Um, so we're going to stand now together and I'm just going to lead you in some prayers um, before I hand back to Julie. Lord Jesus, we want to come before you and say we are sorry. Not just for the things we have done, but for all the um, negative thought patterns, all of the internal judgments we have made. all of the patterns in our hearts our dishonesty our inability to come to you in our nakedness and say yes Lord that's what I'm like we ask for your forgiveness Now, in Jesus' name, receive your forgiveness. And I pray now, Father God, you will bring into our minds those people, those offences that have not yet got a finally. where we've done a superficial forgiveness or in fact we've never gone near it at all and again we um, ask that your Holy Spirit will remind us of all that Jesus has done for us help us to live in that stream of forgiveness extended to us by you Lord Jesus Help us to understand the depth of your love as a, to us as forgiven sinners. We confess to you that we don't find forgiveness easy, that we don't want to forgive, that very often our feelings and fear get in the way. But with our wills, we choose to forgive. Now, a helpful way to do this sometimes is to just hold clenched hands and then as I pray this prayer, you just open your hands and let go of the anything and everything that have come to mind. So just close your hands, those of you who are used to doing this sort of thing. That's it, well done. And then when you're ready, we're just going to open them. Okay, and just echo this prayer in your heart. Lord Jesus, I forgive 
Now you just name in your heart those people and those things you're wanting to forgive. And I give them to you. Now as you say that in your heart, you just uncurl your hands and just give them over to God. Give them to him. And I pray now that you will come and unbind us, your children, from the effects of others' sin against us. Pray that you'll take all the critical words that have been spoken over us, all of the unjustness that's been dealt to us, all of the unfairness we've experienced. We pray now that you will come and bring healing to us as we choose to let go of those who have sinned against us. We pray that you'll heal our hearts, heal our minds, bring deep release to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that your body on the cross, Lord Jesus, is like a magnet which attracts sins to it as we forgive. And so I pray now for a deep loosening from the effects of the sins against you. Lift up to you particularly where we've been misunderstood and hurt by other people's not knowing us. We forgive them, Father. We forgive them. Thank you, Father. Amen. One of the things that can be really helpful uh, 